I think for the most part, people will buy books that interest them, uh, you know, when they're interested in what the author has to say or they're interested in the title of the book. I don't think it's as important to be with a big publisher. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain Is self-publishing potentially more lucrative than traditional publishing? How has print-on-demand changed the publishing industry? And will there always be a place for hard copy books or will e-books eventually completely take over? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask my special guest today, Alan Zook. Alan, welcome to DMR. Thank you. Well, Alan began his career as a newspaper um, uh, designer, well, in newspaper design and production way back in the 90s. And he's been involved in web design and multimedia since 97. And since then, he's founded Clamour Creative, a company that provides digital publishing consultancy and services. So, Alan, I'm sure you've seen quite a few changes in the digital publishing industry. But what recent change has had the biggest positive impact? Uh, well, I think, um, you know, as I'm working with my clients I, on a monthly basis, I'm seeing changes in the way that uh, uh, the online vendors such as, uh, you know, Amazon, uh, and Apple, and uh, even the, the smaller companies like Kobo and uh, print on demand companies like Lightning Source mm. have made their they've made their systems more accessible to people and easier to use. So I think that from the perspective of uh, people who work, uh, especially in marketing, if they want to promote themselves, this uh, you know self-publishing has become a, a really a viable uh, uh, means to do that now, uh, and it's just become so much easier. Uh, there's, uh, you know, there are a lot of things before that, the complications involved with self-publishing. Uh, I think, you know, people would have to to pay someone or or to pay a company to uh, handle it for them. But now, really, it's just a, ma a matter of filling out forms on a website and, uh, you know, and having something, obviously, to say, to write about, of course. Uh, but getting it published is, is now easier than ever. Okay, so it's become a lot more accessible to anyone that wants to do it. Um, does that mean that um, it's actually potentially overtaken traditional publishing, or is there still always going to be a place for traditional publishing? There will always be a place for traditional publishing, I think, mainly because there's still, um, uh, you know, there's still a perceived value uh, inherent in print books. Now, uh, print-on-demand on technology still, you know, allows people to participate in that side of it without having to make a huge investment in advance. So uh, that opportunity is still there for people, and it's it's almost as easy as uh, publishing an ebook. Uh, I think that it's very important not to overlook that. Uh, there are still people that uh, that do prefer print books, and uh, I think that's you know that's still a significant number of people as well as I'm finding. But certainly the the digital approach, at the very least, uh, the digital publishing approach, whether the output is print or digital, um, has uh, you know has certainly overtaken the traditional uh, publishing route in terms of uh, you know having to use you know, uh, typesetters and and uh, and having uh, copy editors. Um, now there's a lot of computer software, the writing software that's become uh, a lot more sophisticated. I mean, even just the spell checkers in and of themselves have become better. Mm. But uh, also the uh, the tools available to um, design 
you know, a layout for for print on demand title, for example, are, are much easier to use. And uh, they're certainly quite intuitive, uh, you know, and there are so many uh, resources online, like, say, lynda.com, uh, that allow people to learn how to use these tools. Mm. Okay, so um, you, you mentioned a couple of tools there, um, Lightning Source, and um, there's also, of course, Create Space as well um, by Amazon. Yeah. Um, is there um, is Create Space the biggest player in the market? Um, are, are there um, other services out there that um, are producing perhaps even better quality books and, and potentially better to consider than the big players in the market at the moment? I think that uh, it's really between uh, Amazon Create Space and uh, and Lightning Source. Uh, Lightning Source are they're they're really um, of, of also a very good option. Uh, they are a division of Ingram, which uh, they're sort of a big uh, book distributor out of the U.S. and they got into this uh, this business fairly early on. Um, and both of them are. Are good options. I would have to say the the main difference between Amazon Create Space and Lightning Source is that while uh, Amazon Create Space is cheaper to get involved with, there are no sort of upfront fees. Uh, you you'll get slightly lower uh, revenue. You'll you'll get slightly lower royalties mm. from the sales of your books. Whereas with Lightning Source, there are some upfront fees when you're just getting started out, but um, in the long term, you can get slightly higher. Uh, royalties from your from the sales of your books, but both of them. I mean, it's. I think it's really a matter of, um, you know, what what you feel more suited to. I mean, the Lightning Sources uh, has their own uh, uh, benefits in terms of their online. Uh, you know the services they provide. They can provide more complete solutions for people who are looking for a more uh, you know a more complete package. Whereas Create Space um, and uh, I would say Create Space and Amazon's. Uh, Kindle Direct uh, for publishing ebooks are kind of there's more like two separate uh, services I would have to say so um, but both have their benefits uh, I think both of them are quite uh, are quite good uh, but I think it's just a matter of which one you uh, you know you prefer once you've actually had a look at the interface it's very easy to log in and sign up for both of them and try both of them out uh, just to see which one you prefer and uh, it's certainly a good idea to do online research before you uh, commit to any one of those uh, services. And of course, the Amazon retail website is is probably the big juggernaut when it comes to actually selling physical books. Um, because Create Space is owned by Amazon, is it easier to actually get your book featured um, and sell more on the Amazon physical store um, compared with Lightning Source, or um, is that just not the case at all? It's not really the case so much anymore. Uh, your book will certainly appear on the Amazon website more quickly if you go through Create Space, but the fact is that Lightning Source also uh, makes your book available through uh, Amazon. So it, it's really you're, you're not really limited in that sense. Um, I, I think that uh, it's it, your main uh, concern is uh, is simply whether or not you want to get into uh, libraries and and other sorts of more traditional distribution channels uh, or sales channels. And I think Lightning Source might have a slight advantage there. But if you're interested in in getting your book out there quickly, um, Amazon. I think we all know is the most popular destination in many countries in the world uh, to buy books. Mm. So in many ways, uh, I think that for, 
for the uh, for speed and convenience, I would have to say that uh, Amazon uh, Create Space would be the way to go. And I've also heard from a couple of people that Lightning Source, the actual quality of the books they produce, is slightly better than Create Space. Um, is that the case in your experience as well? I haven't noticed um, it, it recently. I haven't noticed a huge difference between the two. Now, I'm not sure uh, in terms of their their actual, uh, you know, the machinery they're using to do this work. Uh, I mean, previously, it was mainly a, a machine called the Espresso, uh, which uh, there were only a few of them in the world. Now they're everywhere. And uh, the quality of those machines used to be quite poor, actually, and, uh, and it's in- improved significantly. I'm not completely sure whether, um, you know, any of these companies are, are using those specific machines. But I can tell you that from what I've seen, um, even the uh, the color illustrated uh, uh, titles uh, coming out of both uh, Create Space and Lightning Source, they look pretty good these days. Um, I think, you know, that you won't notice, most people won't notice a difference between these print-on-demand titles and uh, traditionally published uh titles and traditionally printed titles and will most readers actually be able to tell the difference between a printed on-demand book and a traditionally published book no i I don't think so i really don't okay well that's good news um so um that's quite interesting regarding print on demand there but obviously we we touched on ebooks there as well and um again kindle by amazon is probably the biggest player in the marketplace there um if someone wants to publish um, an ebook um is um it worthwhile just focusing on Kindle, um, or again, is it worthwhile looking at lots of different publishing opportunities there? Um, well, I think that uh, in in North America, I think that there are are four sort of of the biggest ones. If if I'm dealing with a client in the uh, in the U.S., I'll usually tell them that the, at minimum you want to go with uh, Apple, Amazon, and uh, Barnes and Noble. And in Canada, I'll usually tell people it would uh, Apple, Amazon, and uh, and Kobo. I think between Apple and Amazon, you're 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 hitting a, quite a number of users there. Amazon uh, again is by far the most popular, um, uh, I think, platform. The Kindle, sorry, is is probably the most popular platform in the United States by far. So I think they are certainly the most important, and uh, they do provide a certain um, well, certain incentives to uh, self-publishers who want to go through Kindle Direct exclusively, and you can you can use those you can take advantage of those um, those benefits. Just increased uh, increased marketing and increased exposure for your title for a limited time, if you want. Uh, if you want to have it exclusive through um, the uh, Kindle Store for let's say ninety days. If you agree to do that, they will give you increased exposure for your title. Uh, on the other hand, you may want to um, have your title. I personally would advise people to have their title available through as many platforms as possible right from the beginning, because you know there are so many books out there. Because self-publishing is so is so accessible now, um, there are a lot of titles out there. And if somebody finds your your book and they can't, let's say they can't get it on their um, you know, on their specific device right off the bat, they'll probably forget about it unless it's something very specific to uh, to their, you know, mm. to their expertise. So I think it's really important to make your title available on as many platforms as possible, including print-on-demand. 
uh, right from the beginning because you might not get a second chance uh, to get someone's attention. Okay, so it sounds like what happens regarding your book sales over the first few weeks is paramount with regards to the long-term success of the book. Um, have you got any thoughts with, um, with, with seeding those initial sales and actually uh, perhaps marketing activities that, um, that authors or publishers can do to ensure that as many people are aware of that book initially as soon as it's published? Well, uh, there are a lot of opinions on this, uh, and uh, I think one uh, there, there's kind of a split uh, in terms of um, whether or not people should give away their content for free uh, f- from the beginning in order to generate interest. Now, I think that it really depends on on your purpose. Uh, if your purpose in publishing this content is to sell books then you probably don't want to give it away for free uh, right off the bat. I think you'll probably want to use your um, social media channels and any networking you do. You'll want to make sure that you mention that you have a title. Uh, you put it on your website. You, If you do interviews or anything like that, you'll want to mention uh, that you have a book available uh, at, and at any possible time. You might want to reduce the price um, from the beginning. But I think it's not a good idea if you're trying to generate sales of your books, specifically to sell books. Uh, if that's sort of your your uh, your end goal, um, you'll want to make sure that there's always a price attached. Now, if on the other hand your your goal is to simply promote your business, then uh, an ebook or a print-on-demand book can be a very good way to do that. And sometimes I think, especially in the beginning, it's a good idea to give them away for free. And I think you want to, if that's your goal, just to promote your business with a book, uh, kind of like a, a, you know, I suppose you could call it a, a very, very high end business card. Um, then I think that uh, it's a good idea to um, keep the price as low as possible and to give give it away for free in many cases if you can. Uh, I think that those are the sort of two, uh, from, from my perspective and what I've seen, those are the sort of two approaches uh, you want to take. And if you're an independent marketing consultant and wanting to publish your first book, um, it's sometimes considered to be um, better perceived if your book is published by a traditional publisher, or at least was in the past. Um, Is that perception disappearing, do you think, um, the, the, the necessity to actually get a big name, a big traditional business book publisher publishing the book on your behalf? Do you think that won't be so necessary in the future? Uh, I, well, there, that's certainly a, a valid point. I, I mean, I think that in general, yeah, sure. I mean, having a, having a bigger publisher behind your book, it's going to get you, first of all, it's going to get you um, a certain amount of marketing. Uh, in many cases, they will help promote your book. They'll give you, um, they might give you exposure that you won't get any other way. But on the other hand, the fact of the matter is that uh, if, I think that publishers are not, with a few exceptions, a few notable exceptions, publishers aren't really brands. I think the author is is more the brand, and, and in some cases, the you know the title of the book is the brand, particularly with marketing books. I think it's important uh, to remember that people. Um, I, I suppose there are people who are fans of marketing books that do follow certain publishers, but I think for the most part, people will buy books that interest them. Uh, you know, when they're interested in what the author has to say or they're interested in the title of the book, I don't think it's as important to be with a big publisher. Um, I think it's more important to have good quality content 
and uh, to present it in a way that intrigues people. Okay, and um, bring it back to the very beginning. Um, if someone is thinking that writing a book may be for them at some point in the future and they, they haven't got anywhere near starting it, um, do you have any um, kind of last thoughts um, just for this, um, uh, concluding this se- section of the discussion, last thoughts on actually um, how to put the book structure together to begin with? Well, to, to put a book together, I think it's very important to keep it simple. I think don't try and tackle, uh, you know, every single topic in your field of expertise right off the bat. Choose one, uh, just one facet of your field of expertise, maybe even just a case study and write about that. Uh, I think that, that keeping it as simple as possible is, is the most important thing uh, to, to, you know, when you're trying to get started. And that way, you know, that that one facet might become a chapter in a book, but it could also expand into um, an entire short book. You know, I mean, it's it's important to remember that uh, having it's not a bad idea to write multiple titles on on various, uh, you know, s- simpler topics. Uh, many self-publishers have found uh, a lot of success doing that. But I think it's also a good idea to think about um, just sitting down and writing a little bit every day and documenting what you do. Uh, I think it's it's very easy to not write uh, and to think about the idea of writing. Uh, and I think the most important thing is to sit down, allocate half an hour or an hour every day and actually just sit down and write uh, about, you know, maybe even just notes on something that you've read. Uh, if you can get anything down, um, on a daily basis, then that'll sort of exercise that creative muscle and it'll allow you to um, produce uh, something that that will eventually take shape. But you have to sit down and force yourself to do it on at least, you know, a, a daily basis, I would say. That's interesting because um, I, I would think that a lot of people um, would perceive that um, what they have to do to begin with is come up with the overarching concept or the the title of the book to begin with and then break it down and then start writing. But you're saying the opposite could be true and you can just begin by um, writing sections of specific material to begin with and it may or may not evolve into a book at some point in the future. Yes, uh, that's absolutely right. And and I think it, because the problem is, is that sometimes planning uh, the entire project in advance um, becomes too daunting. I think it's very hard to do it that way. And the reality is that in my experience, when people sit down to uh, plan out an entire book, and once they actually start writing it, the structure will change anyway. Uh, you'll probably end up making uh, significant changes to the structure as you, you go through it. So I think it's more important to um, just sit down and do the work uh in advance. I, I think that's more important than actually planning the whole thing out uh, from the beginning. Lovely. Okay, well, that's some great advice there. So, but let's segue into the second section of our discussion, and that focuses on your thoughts on where digital marketing's been and where it's heading. So, starting off with software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Well, uh, like many people who do creative and, and technical work, like the hands-on things I do, obviously the, the Adobe Creative Suite uh, and uh, InDesign in particular is a really important tool for me. Mm. Um, but I have to say, as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur um, 
I have to say scheduling software is the most important software I use. Right. And uh, right now, um, I'm, I just use generally whatever scheduling software is on uh, whatever phone I'm using. And, and I use S Planner on the Galaxy S4 right now. Uh, so that, for me, is probably the most important thing uh, that, that I use. And I would really, really be in trouble if I didn't have that. <laughs> I completely concur with that. I, I use a piece of software called ScheduleOnce.com, which is um, um, used to schedule all the different interviews that I set up. And it's absolutely superb because people can select a time they want and change it if they want um, without us having to exchange you know, four or five different emails to um, find a date and a time that's uh, suitable for both of us. So um, time-saving scheduling um, software, essential in the modern world. Um, a slightly more challenging question. What software don't you use but you've heard good things about and you've intended to try at some point in the future? Well, actually, um, my answer to this is related to the previous uh, answer in that uh, I would like to move up to um, CRM software. This is something that I've only recently uh, been looking into. Uh, software such as um, Zoho, I've heard uh, good things about. Um, but I would like to have more sophisticated, uh, uh, like customer relationship management software. I think for me, and, and actually, you'll probably hear me talk quite a lot about this. Um, I think that, uh, you know, having a more sophisticated, uh, method of managing my, um, uh, managing my schedule as well as just in general, managing my clients, uh, would be the most helpful. I'm very interested in uh, the potential of uh, CRM software to do that. I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Wow. Uh, I, you know, I really wish I would have done more um, research, uh, writing, and documentation from the beginning. I really wish I would have taken the time to sit down and write about, um, you know, why, when I was getting started and the little mistakes I made. Because, I mean, you know, I, like a lot of uh, other uh, people who work for themselves, I think I kind of rushed into things. I didn't really pay attention uh, to the mistakes I made from the beginning. I didn't document it as much, and I really didn't uh, do enough research in the beginning. I wish I would have spent more time talking to people and getting advice from people, uh, you know, and and actually following other people's advice rather than sort of, you know, sort of jumping into things both feet first every time I would try something new. Um, I, it's okay to make uh, mistakes and learn from them, but you know, in many cases, there are people who have already made those mistakes before you have, and they can give you advice about how to best proceed. Uh, it, you don't have to go in blind every single time, mm. and I and that's for me uh, by far. I wish I would have spent more time. Uh, listening to other people and getting advice from them. No, that's that's great advice. I mean, there's a th there's a thin thin line, obviously, between um, not jumping in every time and um, just not trying enough. Um, you, you have to obviously um, give some things a go. But um, it's fantastic advice for you to say um, other people have probably done the same thing in the past, so learn from their mistakes as well, and then jump in with two feet after that. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, uh, I think any kind of uh, resources, uh, that's one of the, the, you know, the beauty of the Internet, obviously, is that uh, resources, uh, well, such as yours and, um, and many, many others out there, uh, I think that's a really good way to learn uh, as you go along. Um, and it can, uh, it can provide invaluable uh, uh, 
um, advice. There, of course, you know, in any sort of in any field, I mean, you want to be uh, one of the people probably who um, tries things out or maybe is the first to try things. And I felt that way about digital publishing throughout my career or at the very least in the last 10 years. So I think, yeah, there is definitely a balance there. You want to try things out. You want to maybe be the first to try or among the first to try new things, but you certainly want to keep your ears open and pay attention to any advice that might be uh, available. The this or that round. Okay, so this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Sure. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Ooh, display advertising. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact form. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email. And local marketing or global marketing? Global. Moving straight on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I would actually use that money to buy myself time to do more writing. I would uh, spend more time doing more writing and more self-publishing, and I would measure the success of that enterprise by um, the number of leads I got as a result. Uh, I think for me that that would be, you know, time for me is so valuable, and if I could use that money to buy myself more time to uh, work on that that kind of marketing, uh, I think for me that would probably have the the greatest impact on my business. Okay, so the number of leads. Um, so how would you go about um, capturing those leads, as it were? Um, would you be giving away some free information and, and perhaps driving people to a web page in exchange for name and email address? And um, and and if so, what would you actually give away as an incentive for people to um, become a lead? Well, I think for me, uh, the way I like to build uh, to build leads is, I mean, for me, word of mouth is 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 generally the the way that I do it. Okay. Um, also, I like to do, um, you know, I like to do. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking at the end of the month at the International Festival of Authors here in Toronto, and I do a fair amount of teaching as well. And I find that uh, if I you know offer people free consultations, that's that's one way of uh, of you know, getting them interested in my services. I find that giving away any kind of information for free, particularly in your field of expertise, intri- expertise intrigues people because people always feel from the beginning that they can do things on their own. So giving them advice about self-publishing and about how to do it on their own, you can tell people how to do it, but the reality is that um, you know, usually people need some help with some aspect uh, of that work. So I find that offering them information, offering them advice for free in the beginning, whether it's in the form of an ebook or a phone call or a lunch, 
that for me is is the incentive I find uh, that does get me leads and that does usually get me clients. Okay, and um, obviously at that function that you're going to be speaking at, um, you're going to be meeting people face to face, and then I would assume that you'll be just asking for their contact details, and then obviously that's your lead building process. Well, um, what I'm going to do actually in that instance is I like to give away, uh, like I said, I like to give away information. So um, in Canadian publishing, for example, uh, in this case, uh, I will be giving away information, uh, a step-by-step information, showing people how to um, apply for an ISBN number, for example, Mm. or applying for cataloging and publication data for libraries. Um, I'll be giving them information and web links uh, uh, to show them how to sign up for uh, accounts with uh, iTunes Connect, uh, Kindle Direct, and Kobo. And I'll be sending that to them via email. Um, I think email is a very, it's still a very powerful uh, marketing tool. Uh, I think that being able to um, email them and uh, giving them this information with my email address at the bottom of it um, allows them to contact me directly uh, very quickly. Um, and also I point them to my website. Uh, I find that email forms um, on, on a website are also very effective. And uh, I think that uh, for me, they've, it's, it's a non-commit, you know, people don't have to commit to anything. They can just ask you for some information without having to necessarily give away uh, a whole lot of their time. Uh, and, and I think that that for me has been um, a very good way uh, to, to get new uh, clients. My number one takeaway. Well, Alan, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Well, I think from my perspective, uh, it's important to always consider self-publishing as uh, an option. And I think um, really uh, having a book uh, or book-length content instead of a business card is probably something that most marketers should consider, uh, and I think it's something that um, it, it's it's everybody has a field of expertise and everybody has something that they're very good at, and I think it's always important to consider publishing that that information. Uh, it's very hard to you know uh, contact somebody uh, out of the blue. And ask them to uh, consider your services, but I think that people respond quite well to receiving a gift of uh, a print-on-demand book or even an ebook um, if you've never met them before. Uh, I think that's a nice, uh, a nice gift, a nice way to break the ice, and a nice way to get a conversation started with someone you want to do business with. Wonderful. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So, thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Well, they can um, go to my website at uh, clamorcreative.com uh, and uh, they can. I, my phone number and my uh, email details are available at that website. They can find out more about me as well. Um, and uh, there's that's really it. I think my website's the best way. Lovely. Okay, well, thanks again, Alan. Thank you, David. Did you market in radio? Did you market in radio? Did you market in radio? That yeah.